Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. ¿Alguna vez has estado lista para sentarte y disfrutar de la televisión y luego te das cuenta que no sabes lo que quieres ver o incluso dónde empezar a buscar opciones? Cox Cantor TV te facilita esa decisión con el entretenimiento que amas, todo en el mismo lugar. Mira televisión en vivo, programas en demanda, grabaciones de DRB y música, todo con el sonido de tu voz con el control remoto de Voz Cantor. No solo encuentra los programas que estás buscando, sino que también te brinda recomendaciones de romance, aventura o simplemente películas y disfruta. Si eres fanática de los deportes, captura la acción de golf y baloncesto que has estado esperando y Obtendrás los puntajes, estadísticas y resúmenes en tiempo real en la aplicación Contour Sports. Y si te gusta la transmisión, solo dilo para que lo veas en tus aplicaciones de suscripción favoritas como Hulu, Paramount Plus, Disney Plus y más con Contour Stream Player. Obtén más información con cox.com para Contour. Hey girl, I'm Micaela, a mother, wife, Jesus follower, podcaster, empowerment coach, and a Chicana who loves her cafecito. I'm on a mission to empower each mujer to give herself permission to be the woman God created her to be. Because just like you, I wear many hats. Girl, I see you trying to take care of everyone else. But on this podcast, I invite you to grab your cafecito or glass of wine. Sit back, relax, because I'm going to mentor you and teach you how to stop being afraid of becoming the woman you know you were meant to be. So you ready? All right, girl, let's do this. Welcome to this week's episode of The Fearless Mujer. I am so excited for today's episode. I have an amazing mujer on the podcast. Uh, she's here to really just bring some encouragement to you, but also to really talk about a topic that I think sometimes we don't want to talk about because we don't want to think about it, but it's such an important thing that we talk about as women. And so I want to welcome you, Janie, to the podcast. Please tell us all about who you are, what you do, and what's your favorite food. <laughs> yes, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. You know, if I, and if I can help in any way or uh, pass up some encouragement, I'm always down for that. Uh, so my name is Janie Isidoro. I'm the owner of My Corazón, Libros y Cultura in Hanford, California. We're in the Central Valley. And um, so what we do is we run a Chicano culture shop. We're uh, super proud of our roots, and we love that we're the best part of both sides. And, um, you know, we're here to represent that and offer a safe space for our gente to come in, shop around, be greeted with uh, with respect, you know, and uh, definitely down for fun. Our shop is all about fun. Um, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of serious that goes on already. So we cater more to the, hey, there's plenty you could watch all over the media and address that with every politician around. But we're really about that. We got to remember the good, the good that we're offering, the good that we're here to accept and give, you know. And um, our bookstore is... Um, It's definitely for the community. So we always welcome, you know, uh, people that are looking for specific titles. We love that. You know, we love to be a community hub. Come chill, bring a cafecito, bring a soda. We have a seating area. All about the people. It's all about the community. It's family run. It's me, my husband, the kids, my all my family, you know. <laughs> 
poor them. They've been working for years with no pay. I don't know how they're still here. I don't know how the labor laws haven't come down. <laughs> you know, they're so amazing though. I, I have a lot, a lot, a lot of support, you know? Um, and uh, so, like I said, I have three kids and I married, I, you know, I've been with my husband for 22 years and it's something I take a lot of pride in a lot of things, uh, a lot of things um, we have learned from each other. And I think sometimes that's taboo too, to be so proud of your partner. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes people like to bash one end or the other. And, um, you know, I'm not about that at all. I love him. I respect mm-hmm. him. He's an amazing person. Um, and I really, really am a great mother because of the great father he's been uh, truly. So, you know, I really want people to know that. I think that's really important because we're only as good as who we surround ourselves with. So that's, you know, that's definitely even a a really important thing, you know, be, and, and it goes back to my upbringing or whatever, but so my favorite food, I'm going to get so bashed for this one. I'm, I'm about the cultura, blah, blah. But my favorite food in the world is hamburgers. I really? Love, yes. Like I love like, uh, so when like my family will say, she's a, a steak person. Like, like they'll even tell me like, be like oh, where are we going to go get a steak at? <laughs> but they also know my vice is a burger. Like, I don't care where we're going. Let's stop and get burgers. And I don't mean like McDonald's or Burger King. Like, I like to find the mom and pop shops, but 100% prefer my husband to grill them here because man he makes his own concoctions and wow. grills mushrooms and jalapenos and, and all that stuff so I'm a burger person I love burgers that's so good hey <laughs> I had a burger once that had chorizo like mixed in the meat and that it was it was pretty good it was and it had jalapenos and so yeah um, I love tacos but I could do a me good too. burger. A good burger is always good. Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you. I, I wanted to ask you just because I feel like uh, sometimes knowing someone's favorite food kind of brings their personality out. And I know when you and I like <laughs> yes. connected and we and it's just a fun fact, right? It's, yes. it's like it's not a secret that I love tacos because I say it all the time, like all the time. Yeah. But I just know like last time we connected so much and I, I feel like we clicked and I love your personality. And so I'm just so honored that you're here. And I think as you know, Latina women, the listeners, it's all about food. Like we're foodies, right? When we, when I've had cafecito night, we talk about food. And so um, it's just a thing I think in our culture and it's just always fun to know like, Hey, what's your favorite food? So it's all good. I love hamburgers too. <laughs> agree. Agree. Food is like the key to happiness. <laughs> yes, I will. I will agree to that. So we're going to talk about growing up in a broken home. And really what we were talking about is like, what happens when you grow up in dysfunction and how sometimes it holds you back, but really it will only hold you back if you let it. Right. And so Janie, I just want to ask you like, Growing up in a broken home, what were some of the things before you kind of empowered yourself and really started to look at things from a different perspective? What were some of the things that maybe internally you felt about life? I didn't realize how many things I had been affected with until probably I met my husband and I seen a lot of, I felt a lot of fears. Um, and then becoming a mother, I, I only pointed out my failures. And even now I'm going to be a 40 this year. And this year has been very, very educational for me. Um, but you know, I think the most thing, the most thing that has impacted me was the lack of my parents, obviously, Mm -hmm. um, uh, was just, they're not being present, led me to believe 
nobody really stays present. Um, how long will they be present for? And make sure you keep that guard up so that you don't, you don't, I guess in a sense, you wouldn't get, you wouldn't get the, the hit from yeah. the lack thereof, you know? Yeah. And that led to many things. Um, it led to me, I'm also, I'm really involved with my kids. Me and my husband, we have three kids and it, it's led me to be, uh, it's real hovering. Like I always want to be in tune. Where are you at? What are you doing? And not because I need to know where you're at. No, where are you at? Do you need me? Um, mm. Oh, you're with a friend. Hey, it's okay. You know, are, 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 do, you, do you need me to take you food? Like I need them so much to know that I'm present. And I constantly find myself apologizing to them about that. Like, baby, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You know, uh, I'm driving myself <laughs> nuts, but you, I just want to make sure everything's okay. Um, so, but I'm aware I do it. I really yeah. am. Um, but it left me with a constant guard of the lack thereof of others. Uh, it, it left me just, that was the, the most and not being able to feel like I could accomplish things. Yeah. I because I didn't have the support. That. Yeah, for right? sure. And what you're saying about being a mom, like <laughs> I do the same thing, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and I know we weren't going to like talk about this, but like, it's cool. It's go with the flow, right? It's a cafecito chat. I do the same thing. I'm like, are you okay? Like, are you hungry? Are you sure you don't want to eat? And I, mm-hmm. I'm aware that I can smother a little bit. And I tell my kids the same, like I tell my daughter, like, I'm sorry, like, for for all these years, you've like been so attached to me. And now it's it's that time of like, letting go, right? Letting them figure out, you know, who they are. And And I know for me personally, it's because the lack of of my mothering causes me to like, Hey, are you good? Just because I want them to know that I love them. But I also know that, man, I have to step back sometimes. And as busy as I am, I can't like be in the mix all the time of like what's going on. So I I can definitely relate to that, that sometimes growing up in a broken home really causes you to kind of feel that like, there's something lacking. And so, so my question is like, how to how, for the women out there who still maybe hold on to that, like they're holding on to remembering how they grew up and the dysfunction. And a lot of times there's so much that we have to unlearn, right? When we grow up that way, that hold on a second. Okay, that's kind of toxic. I really can't be saying that or acting like that. And I know last time we were talking about like, confronting the things about yourself that yes you know like you don't want to go there but you have to go there and even like on this podcast and you might have heard me say this before I say like girl don't get mad at me like I have to go there because I love you because I know that if we don't confront some things we're never gonna grow if we don't confront some things we're always just going to put this band-aid of like, oh, I'm empowered. I'm an empowered mujer, but, but you're really not because you're not actually doing the very thing that's going to empower you for the rest of your life. And so, um, yeah, sometimes we have to confront those things that you're like, hold on. I know I learned this growing up, but this actually isn't very healthy. Yes, absolutely agree. Um, that is the most important thing is being truthful to yourself. And let me tell you, it is the hardest thing I have ever had to do in my life. I could be way truthful to everybody, but it was knowing, um, truthful to me literally 
being in a room with myself and saying, why are you feeling this way? Why do you do this? And then, and then be like, oh, I don't, whatever, I don't even know. I don't even know. Kind of doing that. And, and instead of doing that, being like, no, you do know, don't do that. You're always want to hold everybody accountable. Where's your accountability? And it was so much tearing down. I really went through it. I, you know, I, uh, I, I didn't have a relationship with my mom for a very long extended, I mean, 10 years. And the first five years were a teardown. The next four were rebuilt. Wow. And so I, I didn't know that that's what I was doing. But now that I look back, most definitely I was doing, and I think that's the best gift I could have given to myself was not worry about being there for her or what she needed or blah, blah, blah. It was about me being there for me. I'm the yeah. child. Because I know that I would not ask of my son, who is 19 years old, to come and help me emotionally and be like that. I, I would not do that. I expect him to love me and support me and talk to me and converse with me. Because I think as human beings, we should be very respectful to each other. And because he's my son, he should hear me, but not, not, not the way she was doing it. So it was definite accountability. And that was the absolute hardest. But once I got over over the, I guess, over the hard part of knowing why I did these things and that those weren't my losses. They were hers. My gains should be my wins. It, I began to really sprout. I really did. But coming to that was a really hard time, a really hard time in my life. It really was. Wow. And thank you so much for just being so transparent and like open. You know, I had a similar experience for me, it happened, something very traumatic happened in my family. And it really caused a split, right, with, with someone I was very close to. Um, and that was my dad, right. And and I'll just say it because I'm sure that listeners have heard me talk about it. And it's in the book that I wrote. So but for me, it was that moment of now not having someone in my life that I depended on so much, even as a, as an adult where I came to that place where like, wait a minute, wait, who am I? And like, now I need to look at a lot of things about myself. And again, just kind of asking myself like, girl, wait a minute, is that even true? Like, are these things that I embraced because of other people? Like, how do I even begin to, like, I felt like I came undone and I had to put myself back together, you know, and, and for me, like I am a woman of faith. So I know that it was a lot of God intervening in, in that situation. And I think that sometimes when we experience, I guess, trauma and a lot of hard things as an adult, a lot of the past of the brokenness, the dysfunction, a lot of those things will resurface. And so now you start to question like, oh, are those things from my past actually who I really am? Like you start to kind of almost want to define yourself based on maybe the chaos that's happening or the chaos that happens in your life. So how did you not allow your growing up in a broken home to, or the dysfunction or whatever that part of your story is, how did you not allow that to define who you are as a, as a person? I'm a firm believer that there's two paths in life. You could choose to follow what you've been given or take the exit. I'm, I'm a hundred percent. There's just no ands, ifs, or buts about that. The catch to that is that it's so much easier to stay on the path that has already been paid for you. 
It's the easiest thing in the world to do. Exiting and creating your own means hiring your own trucks, getting your own movers, moving stones, um, paving roads, getting all these workers to come in. And all those workers are you. You're the worker. So following is easy. Creating your path, not easy, which is why people choose to stay on the path because it's the easiest thing to do and complain about it the whole way that you're going and deal with it the whole way you're going and following all the way you're going, doing the same thing. Paving a new way means creating your story, your what you want everybody to see. You're, do, you're designing your own way. You're doing it all for you. And I think, I know, not think, for a fact that when, when I met my husband, it was really eye-opening to a lot of things. He comes from a very close-knit family. All the things I, I, I didn't, you know, like I said, my mom and my dad were off doing their thing and my grandparents raised me as best as they could and they did an excellent job. They loved us, loved us unconditionally, but they were older and our aunts and our uncles played a role every now and then, but we didn't have our parents. Key factor. I didn't have my parents. Neither did a lot of my other family members. They didn't. And um, so when I met my husband, his family was close knit, really close to his mom, his dad, his brothers. I attracted a lot to that. I liked it. And I, I even told you in a conversation we had that. I was even jealous of it. I was yeah. like, I see them jealous, not like a, ugh, what the heck? Like nothing <laughs> like that, but it was more like a, I like that. Or why didn't I have that? Like, you know, things like that. Um, but I began to tell myself, be, I'm part of it. I was already part of it. If they would call me, look for me, all these things that they did with each other, they did to me. And um, it started to let me know that I could do me. Like it was okay. See, it was okay to love him. It was okay to love them. It was okay to be like, I'm having a bad day. Like, Oh, I don't know. And, and then be like, what happened or where that became the very norm that became norm, the norm. And when we had our son, we were together five years old. We decided to have a baby. It wasn't under the circumstances. Like when my mom, you know, got mm-hmm. pregnant, she was only 14. I made a conscious choice. I was in my twenties. We had lived in our own home already. We were working, we were set and we decided let's try to have a baby. And five, you know, five years later, you know, we had our son um, and we created the most amazing home because I knew what I had to give and what I had to give was exactly what I didn't have. So I'm a learner. I mean, I could tell you that right now. I'm always learning. Every day is a learning experience for me. Everything I do is a learning experience. I really take it like that. Even if I walk into something and nobody catches anything, <laughs> I, I've been told you could be in a room that's white and you'll act like, oh, you've seen all these things. And no, no, there was nothing there. There was, not, And I'm like, really? You really guys didn't get that? But I'm a learner and I don't need to make the mistake so I can learn. That's not my style. Yeah. I'm a watcher. So I'm watching. I'm always watching around me. I'm, I'm very observant. So if I see something that don't work, I'm like, oh, oh, okay. You know, <laughs> test the waters and then switch some stuff up and do it my way. Tip typically works. But in those things with them, I knew that I had to do exactly what they didn't do. And that was just be present. First of all, let's start there. Let's just be present. So the fact that I had my son, I was raising him. We were in a home. I was already winning. I was already winning. Nobody could take that from me. So it was beginning to do those things like uh, just do what hadn't been done to me. Just do the same. Do, do more, do more Excel. Um, It was really just, just empowering that I could do it. I, every one step that I took felt like I'd won a million dollars. When my son was five months old, I thought I've been here for five months. Look at that. Look wow. at that. You know, because I knew that I hadn't had the same. 
So just things like that really empowered me and it gave me so much strength, especially becoming a mother. If I thought I loved my husband, it was nothing <laughs> like when you have your children, you know, um, it teaches you so much compassion and, and patience and all the, you know, I was a compassionate person, never, definitely not a patient person, but when I had him, it just, my life just tilted, it just tilted and everything became about them. Like, you know, him. And then when my daughter followed him, my other, that it was just about them, you know? So definitely do what's not norm. You have to be consciously aware though, that, Hey, remember they did that to you. Mm-mm, you're grown. Yeah. Look the other way, do the other thing. You know, better than that. You can't be like, Oh, this is the way I was raised or that's all I was taught. You can't self-loathe. You can't self-loathe. You can't be a self-loather. Like then you're not going to get anywhere. And that's real. Be honest about that. You're going to do this. Then know that that's what you're going to get. That's just, yeah. you have to be honest, you know? Wow. I love that because, uh, you know, it also sounds like you celebrated all these little moments, right? That really were a big deal. Like when you do come from a broken home, little yeah. things are a big deal. <laughs> but yeah. I wanted to say like, what what you're saying is so powerful because I had actually been talking about a little bit of this last time. Like, what's the story that you're telling yourself? What's the narrative in your mind? Like if, if, because I feel like we're all, and we're both writers. So we both kind of yes. look at things like a story. Um, and, and I want you to talk about that for sure. In, in a little bit, because I, I think what you did is so inspiring, like how you kind of put together uh, what you wrote and, and what you're doing to help women as well. Um, but I think that we all have like the story that we tell ourselves and we have, we're like the character in our story. Right. And there's all these other characters. And so a lot of times we still take the story of how we grew up, of what so-and-so did to us, of like, this is why I couldn't finish school or why I couldn't do this. or And so we take this story from our past and, and we still make it our story. But when you still take the bad, right, the bad parts of your story and you're still telling yourself the same story, then when do you get to write your own story, your present story, right? Your, whatever your mom did or your mom not being there or so-and-so hurting you, that doesn't have to be your story anymore. And so I love that you're saying that because you're like, just stop it. Just stop self-loathing. And a lot of times we even self-sabotage because, oh, well, nothing's ever been good for me. So why should it be good now? And and those are like the lies, right? That we start to believe that because that's where I come from, right? That's how where mm-hmm. I grew up. That's the family, you know, that I come from. Then this is just how it's always going to be for me. And it doesn't have to be like that. And when you yeah. talk about how man, you guys have this amazing family and you love your kids and, you know, yes, like life isn't perfect, but it's no. almost like you're, you're breaking that generational curse that, oh, everything's always going to be like that in my family, but it's not. So I just love that you're saying that because I think that a lot of times when we can understand that, okay, that was my story. That was my family of origin, but that's not what it is anymore today then we don't have to continue with that same narrative. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, I'm so sorry. It makes me emotional because this is something I worked on so much, becoming a mother, a wife. And and then after those things, learning how to be there for me. Because in the time that I was 
Javi's girlfriend before we were married. Then I was his wife. And then I became a mother for many years. That's who I was. And it, it really didn't. Um, I think I really sprouted the most and learned a lot for myself when I decided, yes, I was those things, but those things didn't only define me. It wasn't just that. I had to be me. At one point, I was home for 10 years um, raising the kids. Javi worked two, three jobs, and we were a great team. You know, we were, we're a great team. We're a really good team. And so I was home for 10 years and literally focused on the kids for 10 years. 10 years, really. Wow. I just did. They were in every sport, every reading club. Like I said, I have my, my family are very close. We have a just, and when I say my family, it's a very, it's a group of friends that we've been friends for 20 years. Um, so we're together. Our kids do everything together. So some of us would take them to classes in the mornings. Our kids are in different age groups. That's what I did for 10 years. And then one day really felt like I was just like, wait, what year are we in? Kind of. I really did. I really did because I just been so involved with them for 10 years, just honed in on them. And I, you know, I think when I tell that story, people don't really, if you don't know me, then you don't know it really how extensive it was, but I did nothing but my kids for 10 years, really nothing at all. Like I didn't get a manicure, a pedicure. I didn't plug my eyebrows. I didn't really shop. I was real focused on them. I needed them just to know how much they were loved. And I wanted to have them in all these things and, and see how proud I was of them and all those things. But the growth really began the moment that I just, I, I felt like I was sick. Well, where have I been? Um, I really did a lot of growing then. And <laughs> it makes me laugh because my husband would be like, Dang, where's that? Like what happened? You know, he'd be laughing in, in the most supportive way because he would always tell me, why don't you go out to go have drinks or so-and-so? How come you don't go do this? And I'd be like, I, I don't want to do that. Like I'm right where I need to be. Like, I know where I need to be, but I didn't, you know, mm-hmm. um, I really didn't because that's not healthy. That's not healthy. They're just to be 10 years in nowhere. It's not healthy to be one year like that because yes, our children are our responsibility, but we're also our responsibility, which after I learned that even if I was there with them for 10 years solid, I wasn't there for myself for 10 years at all. And so I didn't even know who I was and I became tenfold, even more useful to them when I discovered who I was. Wow. Um, after those 10 years, I got my first job after 10 years. I excelled at my job. Turned out I had a real, a real, really like this expertise with numbers. I had never went to school <laughs> for numbers of any sorts. I did statistics for a few counties, um, stuff like that. But I've always been a creative. So I was lacking a lot of my creative end. I remembered that. Um, so I started doing um going to art galleries my husband's really into art too so we started going to art galleries and I'd be just lost there for hours and I really started finding who I was and seriously empowered the kids it empowered them in a whole new level because then they got involved in a lot of community stuff because I was involved in it so then the kids began to get really well known in areas and they're, they're really artistic they get that really from us and I I became a whole different person after that that was the most empowering. That is because I was so good to myself after that. I was really legitimately good to myself. And I thought I had been, I thought I had been really good to myself since I met my husband and we'd just been able to just live our lives. And he's a, he's a free spirit. I had never been that way. I had a lot of things tying me down because of my past, mm-hmm. you know, and I had a lot of PTSD coming from it, which I didn't know then, but he was always a free spirit. He was just doing him, doing his stuff. And I wanted to be like that. So I, I began to learn it. But the, the real, the real payoff was the moment that I felt like I woke up and wow. I was all, 
oh, it's on. And I literally, when I opened my eyes, bought a house, bought a car, made an investment, started a business, all within two years. Oh, wrote two novels, wow. followed by 13 more, like like that. Like it just, I felt like a light bulb went off and it was on. Like there was just no stopping me. I drive myself nuts even though I, 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 I don't. I finished one project and I'm already into two other ones. Like I, that's what I do. I just, there's no stopping it now. There's just no stopping it now. That's amazing. And I love how you were saying like, not, not allowing all of what happened, right. To define you. But then you come to this moment of you discover, like you reawaken, you know, I like to say like reignite, like, oh my Absolutely, goodness. Yes. Right. Because I, I feel that as Mujeres, we each have this, spark inside of us and for whatever reason sometimes it goes out or sometimes you didn't even know there were certain passions and things inside and so I love that you're like as soon as I woke up like I I just couldn't stop I was unstoppable and so I just love that and I admire you and I admire women like that because I think when a woman realizes her potential that dang I can actually do this you know wow okay and when you stop listening to what people say when you stop replaying the past and really like you said discover who you are in that moment and keep pushing yourself you're right there's so much beauty that comes from that there's so much strength and empowerment and so since you mentioned your novels and your books I'd love for you to tell us more and like, just tell listeners what you're doing with your workshops. Cause when you told me, I'm like, man, that's pretty freaking awesome. Girl, you do it all without breaking a sweat and you do it all in style from being a boss exec to Tuesday tennis, to the kids homework, family dinners, lunches and brunches with your girls, trips to the vet and a weekend getaway. That's anything but a getaway. That's why Infinity fully reimagined the QX60 to help you conquer it all with ease, even when you have back-to-back conference calls on top of the kids' basketball practices, not to mention your side hustle. A luxury SUV as functional as it is stylish and as versatile as it is serene. Available features like seating for up to seven passengers, a suite of active safety features, and massaging front seats. Introducing the all-new Infinity QX60, designed to help you conquer life in style. Now with extremely limited availability, contact your local retailer for inventory information. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, so I started writing on, I had a dream and then I wrote it down and I sent it to my sister. And I didn't write it down like, oh, I first of all, you know, Okay, let's take way back. I, I used to write little books when I was in elementary school. So I'd get colored paper and fold it and then write little stories. It were more picture books, you know? And I'd let, I'd put them on keychains and give them to my tios and my tias. Oh, like, wow. That's, that's what I did. I, that's, that's what I, and they would, they would put them on their keys until it was made out of paper. So they tear up and they'd be like, oh, my book's gone. I'd be like, oh, I'll do another one, you know, and I would do it. But um, I, I had, honest to God, I had forgot about that 100%. So I had this vivid dream and I wrote it down in my dream journal and then I sent it to my sister. She, I didn't get a chance. So I sent it to her and then I got busy. So I sent it to her and then she was just like, oh, oh, wait, where did you get this? I want to buy this book. Where did you get this? And I told wow. her, stupid, it's my dream. I told her. <laughs> and then she's like, what? And I go, yeah, she's like, okay, write some more. And I was like, no, that was the dream. That was it. And then she was like, oh, no, no, but you could add some more, add some more. And then I was like, maybe I can. 
And so then I started writing and then it turned into, you know, a two-part series, 160,000 words. It was huge. And um, turned out when I went back and I read, as I began to write, actually, um, you know, I'm a reader. I'm an avid reader. Uh, education is number one to me. And, um, you know, I, I didn't, even, I hadn't even finished high school. You know, I didn't finish high school. I was, uh, my mama, you know, had just gotten out of prison and I wanted to move with her and I did. And so I didn't finish school. School was nothing that was big in our household. It wasn't, it wasn't talked about or promoted. It wasn't. Um, so when I went, when I just, I did go back to school and I, and I got my husband many years later and then I went to college and that was, it was on the night. That was part of my awakening moment when all this happened. And so then I started, I, when I kept going to school and I'm always going to school, always doing, <laughs> learning something, but I, in this moment, when I wrote this book and I was reading around this time, I was doing a lot of reading, a lot. Of, I've always been a reader my whole life, my whole life. I never knew anybody that read, nobody that loved to read as much as wow. I did. So when the, the crew was out partying at the club, I was at the bookstore. Um, when I started <laughs> dating my husband, we, you know, it was before cell phones. We didn't, we didn't have cell phones, you know, you know, it was just a little, a few, just a few years ago. Uh, and so he would always tell me, I've never known a girl that not finding her at a party, but I need to be at the bookstore. He goes, I've wow. never known anybody like that. And then I was like, yeah, because the other ones are dumb. That's why, you know, <laughs> to my defense. But um, I read a lot and I could never find anything I related to. Never, never, never. I didn't see any Mexicanos in the books I read. I never seen anything about the Valley or about farm workers or about broken homes. Like, how we grew up or grandparents raising their grandkids or real stories that we'd gone through. I, I never read anything like that, but I still found a lot of books I liked. So once I started writing, I decided to put that in my writing. So wow. all of those things are in the writing. So when I feel like my hint that picks it up, it's relative. They're gonna know because they've been there, known somebody, somehow experienced something in there, whether it's the fields. We live in the middle of, we're in the Central Valley. We're by nothing but fields. You know, when we say California, people are like, you live in LA? Uh, <laughs> away no but this way you know but I think it's so relative and relativity is really important to me because it means connection Mm -hmm. I didn't feel connected for many years many years so I love to provide connection which is why this writing is there and the workshops we do um to talk we sit down we talk have conversations I uh I had a column in the paper for about a year and it was a relationship column. We would get people to email me questions and then I would answer them in the column. And I always shoot it for the, the abnormal topics, you know, Mm -hmm. for the topics that aren't talked about, but it was the real stuff. It was the, you know, uh, yeah, I had a question at one time about a couple that was obviously, you know, separated or whatever. And she was having issues with his girlfriend and she was Mm -hmm. just like, how do I handle that? what do I do with that? Well, relationships are my thing. I love relationships. That's what I've done extensive work on research, conversations, articles, all of that about. And I love that because it wasn't a judgment past. It was a vulnerability to ask yeah. me, know me from nowhere. I didn't know this person to ask that question. And it's help at the end. The books are helpful. It's relative. It's real. You're going to read something about yourself in there. And uh, the books are really written for my Valley people because and then there's restaurants, you know, that we go to and stuff like that. Places we cruise at, where we kick back at. And wow. so people can read it and know these re- these streets are real, you know, and all of that stuff. So relativity, it all, it all kind of comes back to the relativity of, of, of us being able to have something in common. And that the yeah. writing is definitely about that. It's about family, relationships, uh, the dynamics of it, everything, all of that in the books. Wow. That's, and that's so powerful because you're right. You can get so much from a book. You can, 
And, you know, a lot of times people think like educating yourself is traditionally or, you know, you're going through something and maybe there isn't someone there who can give you a resource, right, to help you. But having a book personally develops you, educates you, and it does. It it takes you on a different journey and it really gives you a different perspective about whatever it is, right? And so I I'm definitely in agreement with you about books. They're powerful, but how much more powerful are they when it it is our people, right? When it's our voice, when it's us, when it's like, even if we aren't maybe from the same place, there is something that we have in common. It, It just is that way. And you can always find it somewhere. Like I remember I was having a conversation with uh, this other woman and she's, I think she's Puerto Rican. And she's telling me like, when my dad used to get home, we would take his work boots off. And I'm like, oh my God, we did that too. Like, I I thought only Mexicans did that, you know? And so it's just this commonality and and you're right. Connection is so powerful and we need that. And we need to know that we're not alone because there's so many things that I feel like in my family, you weren't supposed to talk about, oh, let's sweep that under the rug, like sexual abuse, for example. And it's like, no, we need to talk about these things so that other people know that they're not alone. They're not crazy. And they can also talk about those hard things. So I just, I admire you so much and you inspire me and I love what you're doing. And I know last time you mentioned that you help people during the workshops to really find who they are and connect with themselves. And that's that's really what I love too, was that you're helping people get real with themselves, you know, which we said, like, people don't want to do that. So I, I just think like, man, I love everything that you're doing, like truly. And so thank you for all the work that you're doing, but also just for being so honest, you know? Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. I really, I really do appreciate that. Um, yeah, you know, I think, um, I, I love to help. I really love to help. It's just in my nature because I felt like when I needed help, I didn't have it from those that were supposed to be there. Obviously Mm -hmm. that comes from my background. Um, but my thing is to, I, I don't have to be the person you want to be there. I learned that it's the people who are there now. And sometimes you don't even have to know somebody, you know, I get in all the time in my shop. I get people, they come in all the time and they sit there and they'll talk for hours. I literally don't know them from nowhere. And I have a seating area right where I'm at. I have a seating area and they'll sit there and I'll be handling all kinds of stuff. And they're still there sitting there talking to me just because wow. it, you know, it's so easy to talk to. Thank you for hearing me. And then I'm like, hey, no, not a problem. Not a problem. You know, and, um, you know, you said, you know, there's some things that are okay to talk about, you know, there's, there is topics and families. And um, for mine, it was love. Like we, I felt loved by my grandparents. Sure. But we were never told like I love you you're so important to me we weren't told that I felt it but that was one thing that is that was so important to me which is why I work a lot on relationships because I think it has to be verbalized sure we can feel and we all speak different languages you know mm-hmm. of love you know there's a book yeah. on that called five languages yes yes and it's such a good book it really is but it was more to it's more to yes we all speak different but we have to be told that you know we have to be told these things that like I said, in our household to be like lovey-dovey and hugging and kissing, that wasn't, that was not the norm at all. And I made that absolutely normal in our house. In our household, my husband gets home, my 
even if he's at the shop and have people there, I don't care. I walk around and I go give him a hug and I give him a kiss. Uh-huh. And, you know, we talk real quick. How was your day? Good. Do you need me to do anything? No, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. I'm gonna get home and start dinner. And then when I see my kids, give them a hug, give, give them a kiss. They do the same on my cheek. Good night. Buenas noches. Te quiero, you know. Um, um, I'll go in their rooms. They always come out to tell us good night. If I fall asleep on the couch, <laughs> which is quite often because I'm Girl, so tired. I do the same thing. Uh, it's a young I'm almost thing. 40, too. A, I'm almost 40, so. I find Girl. myself nice and sleeping on my couch. <laughs> and my, my son will come out. He'll be like, Ma, Ma, you know, get up, get up. You're not ready to sleep on the couch. I was like, I'm not asleep, Devin. Gosh, I was just... <laughs> Resting my eyes are so dry. That you happens know? to me when I'm gonna watch a movie. Air quotes. Yes, me that's too. my. I'm, I know I'm gonna go to sleep. Yeah, me too. I'm putting on my good night movies. What I'm doing, really, but they don't know that. But I, I, I didn't want that to be taboo in our home. I wanted them to know that love is real and it's so magnificent and it's hurtful. Hell yeah. yes, it's hurtful. But that's the magnificent part of it that we can conquer that. Like we learn from our hurt and we're supposed to grow and yes. that's very real. And that's going to happen with our parents, aunts, uncles, friends, families, relationships, everything. Like that's real. That's real universally around, you know? So I think um, that's something really important. Uh, why I really tap into that because I think it's just, it's taboo in general to talk about being passionate about somebody and loving them and, and praising them for what they do. But I really gained a lot from doing that. I yeah. have gained a lot. Yeah. It's saying that it's okay to say that. It's okay to let them know that. Cause I like the, I like the feeling I get when I see the face reaction mm-hmm. or with the whole, thank you. Like, or, you know, things like that. Or, Oh my gosh, I do this all the time. Girl, I love your hair. Or, Where'd you get your outfit out? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're so right. Like, I think that we need that because in some way, especially like, you know, both of us having came from a broken home, right? As soon as we were talking last time, I'm like, oh man, I'm so feeling this girl. Like this is, this is so like, yes, like we need to talk about this, but I, for me anyway, like, I don't want to speak for you, but I can say that growing, coming from a broken home and growing up that way, it really caused me to feel that lack of love. And I, don't think that I even knew how to love myself. So I ended up in very toxic relationships. And unlike you, I didn't like learn from someone else's mistake. I learned from my own mistake. Like, oh, I know that I'm probably going to get hurt, but let me just jump. I know I'm going to get burned, but you know, I was so freaking hardheaded. So, um, but I can say that my feeling of like lacking love and lacking that, you know, worthiness caused me to really seek the wrong kind of relationships. And I don't know if I mentioned this to you, but I, I think I did like my husband and I, we got divorced and we got remarried. Yes. It's a mm-hmm. whole story. Yes. And yes. I joke, like, I like my second husband better, like whatever. But <laughs> you know, one of the things that I can say that I learned from him, even though like he comes from a, you know, dysfunctional broken home, like that's his story to tell. But what I learned from him in our marriage was grace, was forgiveness, was mercy. I didn't learn that as a kid. I I did not learn that. I did not, like, if I was mad at you, I wasn't going to talk to you, period. I wasn't going to talk to you. Forgiveness, like, what is that, right? And so it, there's there's so many things that, like, you have to learn and unlearn that, wait, it's it's actually okay if I forgive someone it's actually okay, you know, to give grace, right? Like, I don't have to always be mad about the same thing. It's okay. So it's, it's such a learning thing. And I think when you have the right partner, 
then you're able to learn even more about yourself. And for me, it, it becomes healing as well. So I I think that, yeah, like for me, that's the one thing that I can say coming from a broken home, I really did feel that I was lacking love, even though like me too. my mom and dad probably did love me in their way to the yes. best of their ability. Yes. But that still doesn't change that there was that lack of love, you know? And so, yes, we, we, um, one thing we had talked about before too, was I said, it took me a long time to understand that I, to understand that my mom did love me very much. It was distorted and it was twisted and it was not right, but it was love. That was her way of giving it does not ever imply that I have to give it or accept it that way either. That doesn't mean that it means it's hers to own and she will suffer her consequences. If there is consequences to be suffered because she's made those choices. Those are not my choices. They're not mine. I didn't tell her to go and leave me. I was a kid. I didn't say that. So you chose those things. But as an adult, I get to make the choice of what I am accepting, what I am not accepting. Mm -hmm. And if I choose to not, I'm not going to feel bad about it because I have to be good to myself. I owe damn well the utmost respect to myself. And like hell, I'm going to let anybody take it from me because it was taken since I was a child. Mm, and I had preach. no voice and nobody to respect, nobody to, nobody to even defend me because it was my grandparents' daughter. Like, and they defended her all the time. You know, they yeah. took us in because that was their daughter, but they, we had nobody to defend us. Nobody, not even like they didn't defend us. They housed us and loved us and took care of us, but they did not defend us. They didn't put her ass in check and tell her, you're not doing that. They didn't do that. But it is my job to make sure that you understand your position and where I let you hold it. That's it. That's where you get, you get to get put in slot B. That's you. Mm-hmm. You go there and then you're in D. That's what it is. That's just, yeah. I don't have to explain. I learned that along the way though. Um, I remember at first one time she told my mom, told me, she goes, where's the old Janie? What happened to her? And then I was like, oh, she got left at your mom and dad's house when she was six. Remember? Wow. And, and she kind of like, what? You know, I didn't do that to her. That's her truth. She did leave me. Yeah. That is her truth. I didn't leave me. You did that. I don't make her relive anything. Um, she has to live with herself. She really does. And I have to live with myself. And I feel good that I am a great mom. I die my best. I am not the best. At, I am not the best at anything. But I'm damn well willing to learn and definitely accept my mistakes. And I constantly ask the kids, was that rude? I'm so sorry that I, was I out of line? Like, I'm real blunt, you know? And so then they're, they're always, they, I, I, t- I give them a voice. I want them to know that they're heard because I felt like I never had one. So I, yeah. our whole house is always in negotiation with them. The house we have, they chose. Wow, we were house shopping awesome. and they chose the house. We just made sure they had three choices to choose from, make sure that everything passed inspections and they got to choose which one. They chose yeah. this one because of a tree. A tree <laughs> bought my house. A tree was a deal breaker <laughs> for my house. But I wanted them to know how important they were and that their opinion was very much mattered because this is where we we're going to start the rest of our lives. Where were we going to start it? And they, that's what they chose. It was on a tree. It was on a, on a freaking tree. My oak tree got in my house. <laughs> but they, they had a master plan. It's build a tree house. And my husband did. We bought it and oh, we built the house. Wow. But that's so cool. it's that it's giving a voice. It's yeah. definitely, it's definitely feeling love and um, uh, being, I really feel that we are just not good. We're not good to ourselves. And so when we're suffering and we're sad and, um, and we're having that despair, we're doing that. We allow people to give us the power. So if you're surrounding yourself by somebody that's doing that, that's on you. We can't control them. We can control us. We could be like, not doing it today. Bam, slam the door, turn the ground. That's it. Yeah. Yes, it sounds easy, but you and I both know 
that door closes. We sit here and cry for two, three hours, maybe 10 years. I don't know. I don't know how it is, but I'm going to tell you right now that it's way better to deal with that than to deal with this crap to be dealt with every day. I have no doubt in my mind that was hard to deal with the after, but the first step was the absolute hardest was to say, no, I'm not doing it anymore. And I'm not like, we don't deserve that. Where did it come okay for us to be treated like crap? Where I, I don't know. I don't even understand where I allowed it. You know, I was a kid and it just kind of went with me along from them because my husband's never treated me like that. My very best friends that I have definitely do not. They're there for us. And that's what we need. We need to surround ourselves by that love, by the people that support us and um, really are just there, you know? Wow. Oh my goodness, Janie. Like, I know like, man, you and I can just take so many things that we say and like, like dig into it, but you're so right. It, it does hurt sometimes. And I know I've mentioned this before and you've probably heard it, but like my daughter was, she's a survivor of sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. And because mm-hmm. I yes. spoke out about it, because I was like, I'm, I'm done with this. Like, we're not doing this, you know, because I was a victim of sexual abuse and I know what the help that I didn't get. I know all the problems I had because of it. And so it's like, why do I have to allow the same story to repeat itself? Right. So you're right. It hurts when we have to close that door. It hurts when we have to say, hey, here's the boundary. Like, you don't get to do this anymore. And that's for you to own, not for me. Right. Because that's your choice. And so it does hurt. But you know what? In the long run, we we get to hold space for ourselves in the most loving and most valuable way. And to the woman that's listening, that's maybe like feeling like, man, I feel like crap because of whatever still keeps happening or whatever still keeps being said, or, you know what I mean? Like the same story, girl, you don't just like you said, Janie, like you don't have to own that. It doesn't have to be your thing. You can give that right back to them and exercise those boundaries. So I'm just so glad that you said that, because I think that sometimes we still have this little girl inside of us that feels like, oh my God, I can't speak up. Like if I say something, they're going to get mad at me. And like, we're just still trying to please other people. And, you know, as someone who is a woman of faith, like, I don't believe that God called us to be people pleasers and people that like we, we feel in love, but we're still going to make other people happy. And I don't think that we should have to agree with that or own that, you know? And so I just want to ask you, what would you say to the woman who still feels like she's holding on to a lot of things that really probably weren't hers to own? And she's like, I just feel stuck, Janie. How do I not let the past and the brokenness and the all of the stuff affect me anymore? I really want to say the first thing is to come to terms with how hard it's going to be. It's hard. It's going to hurt. There's no going around that. Be realistic. Realistically, it's going to hurt the pain that comes through it, the misunderstanding, the people you will lose. The person that's doing all the negative to you or or has held you back is going to be your worst enemy when you decide to stop. Because the moment you decide to say, I'm not taking this anymore, they're the ones, well, you did this. They're going to be the first to blame you, but you don't got no commitments to them. I don't care who it is. If they're hurting you and you're you're taken back and you're just like, I can't do this anymore. It's the same thing over and over. It's up to you to put the halt there. It's hard. By no means what I have implied says it's going to be easy. You're going to close the door and bam, you turn around. No, 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 no. It's not. But the moment you take the step to do it, the moment 
you're already marking your territory, putting a line stops here, stops here. Um, It's about finding your strength. And I promise you, sometimes it's strength by the second. Oh, I'm not, I don't feel, I don't know how I feel, or I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I should call or, you know, I shouldn't have said that or whatever. Yes, you can say that they're your words. It's your feelings. You're allowed to voice your opinion. You're allowed to have your emotions addressed and heard. If they can't handle it, their problem. That's their problem. That's not yours. You don't have to accept anything. You have to make a conscious choice. Am I going to stay here one year, two years, 10 years, 20 years, whatever, dealing with this? Or am I going to stay one year, one year, 10 years, 20 years, living my best damn life? And I'm going to tell you right now, the best damn life is always way better than the drama life. I, yeah. It is the absolute Amen truth. Amen to that. <laughs> no, it is. Seriously, because I, I've ha- I don't know if this happened to you when you were like kind of going through your growing process, but you, you have those moments where you remember, right? How it was oh, yeah. with these people in your life. And, and I always just, I have told my husband, like, man, I hate to say it this way, but my life got so much better after, right? And it's like, you think about your life now and like how, how good it feels not to have drama. And it's like, man, I don't ever want to, as much as I love these people, right? I don't ever want to go there again. I I love the boundaries I created. You begin to feel really blessed. And that yes. is the truth because, oh man, let me tell you, our God is loving. Oh, that is, uh, I will, I, I, I don't even know, like, I don't even know where to begin to say about that because I prayed a lot. I prayed a lot. My grandpa was a pastor for 30 years. We were raised in a really religious home and, um, oh, praying was a natural thing of ours. Natural. We always, he, you know, he, he always taught us, we just pray for anything. Like, even if we get into the car, I fight, I do this till this day. Like, oh, you know, Lord Jesus, please let us get safe to McDonald's and back. Girl, I do I, the same. <laughs> yeah, I really do. Or even if my son's going to go get us a soda, oh, you know, Lord Jesus, please watch Devin at the store, let me get safe and back. Like, I, I, all the time I'm praying, all, all the, I, I just find myself, earlier I was cleaning in my, here, I'm in my she shed. And uh-huh. so I was cleaning it up and I was like, Lord Jesus, give me the strength to get through the day because man, my back's killing me. You know, like I was, you know, I just pray about it. But you begin to see your blessings in abundance, like, it's, yeah. it's like, it's like we're put through the ringer because that light is coming through at the tunnel. So every time you're in turmoil, literally you feel it's turmoil, what you're going through. No, it depends on you. How fast you get to the tunnel. That's all wow, on you. If we're going to sit here and dwell in the dark, well, hey, be ready for that little, you know, be ready to be there for a bit. But if you're working and you know what you're doing, you know where you want to be and you're working your way there you'll be granted it. That's the, that's just, that's just the way it works. I feel the same. I feel like I went through a lot of turmoil growing up. I did, um, a lot of lack of lack of stuff. And I feel like, you know, even when I come to our house and get home, I'm like, I cannot believe I bought a house. I was 15 years ago. I still feel that way when I come in, I'm just like, Oh, I can't believe we bought a house. Like, or, (laughs) Or um, when I when I see the kids, I'm like, oh my, I can't believe we're parents to a 19 year old. Javi, look at us. We still look good. We still got it. Like, you know, I tell them. But at the end of the day, I'm I'm. It's because I'm really carefree and I'm so happy. My heart is so happy. It's taken a lot of work to get there, but I'm really really happy. That doesn't come with bad days. How bad day? I mean, yeah. I have bad days where I real I wake up and I'm just like, where were they at? Why didn't they care? Or even, uh, you know, uh. 
I think sometimes I think I wake up and I'm just like, my mom could have been here having breakfast, not having to worry about where to live or doing things. She could have been still living at me. I have a huge house. Like, it's a five bedroom. She could have had one of the rooms. Move my uh, one of our offices out. We have two offices. Like, move one out. She could have been there. Like, she wouldn't have to worry about anything. But those are the choices she made. They're not mine. They're not. Yeah. So you, it doesn't come with those those days. But those days are good reminders of where it could have been and where you're at. For sure. hundred wow. percent. So that's where I'm at. When I feel like they're beating me down a little bit, I'm just like, oh, no, 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 no. We're not there. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my goodness. All right, Janie. So I know you're a business okay. man and, and we're going to have to wrap this up because you're going to have to come <laughs> you back. You too. I know <laughs> you're you going to have to come back. Uh, you too. Please tell listeners where to find you, like if they want to connect with you, where to get your books, what's the name of your book. I know you have quite a few. So, um, yeah, just let them know where to connect with you. Yeah, so um, I we do have a website and it's www.mycorazonpv.com. And so on there, you'll find all the info. You could find our merchandise, my books, um, information to get a hold of me, or you could find me on my Instagram, which is really accessible to me. I have everybody's on there all the time. <laughs> all my family has access to it because just too much going on in my life. But so our Instagram is my underscore uh, corazon underscore PV as well. And, um, so if you send a message there, that'll be answered almost instantaneously. Like that'll be on there, you know, and if you're looking for anything or want to chit chat or whatever, just make sure you say, hi, my name is so-and-so and just tell us what you're looking for. And then, um, it'll be directed What needs to come to me will come to me. Um, and, uh, the books can be found anywhere, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, and it's let me take you volume one and two. And the new one that came out last year is called writing low. Oh my God. Thank you, Janie, for your time. I know we went over, but it was so good and such an honor to hang out with you. Thank you so much for having me. And I hope that, uh, you know, if uh, I hope you guys have some newfound confidence that it's okay to not be okay. And if you guys need to talk, I may not know you, but I'm down. Let me know. You could hear, we could talk. I could talk. It's not a problem. <laughs> it's a strong point of my, but I'm here. I'm all ears. You know, everybody needs somebody to talk to. And we don't always feel like we can, or we're embarrassed to talk to those we love about it. Well, I'm a, yeah. you know, I'm a listening, non-biased ear. I don't care. You know, I have a, a bunch of my own ugly stuff. So that's not a problem. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Share this episode with a mujer that you know is it's going to uplift her. And, you know, follow Jamie. Give her a shout out. Check out her books. She's amazing. Thank you so much. And God bless. Hey girl, wasn't that episode so empowering and inspiring? Hey, do me a favor, share this episode with the women in your life because something powerful happens when we lift each other up. You can share this episode with your amigas by texting them the link, posting it on social, and you can also tag me in your stories on IG at the Fearless Mujer Podcast. I'll make sure to give you a shout out. And hey, if you haven't left a review for the Fearless Mujer Podcast and you have Apple, go ahead and leave me a review. Let me know that you're loving this podcast. All right, girl. God bless.